Thanks for choosing to listen to another City Point West podcast. I trust that this message empowers and encourages you to continue your journey of faith. Enjoy. We've moved into a place where really, if the gardens were anything, it would be best described as forest. There was no proper gardens. And the places where Dad wanted to grow a vegetable garden was just dead bare ground that it had shipping containers sitting on it for years. And, and you couldn't grow anything. You couldn't even grow weeds in that ground. It was so dead and so barren. I remember my dad saying, I'm going to plant a vegetable garden right here. Now, being who I am and not understanding that, my first statement was, Dad, how are you going to do that? We've been living here for three months and grass hasn't even grown there. If grass can't grow there, how's anything going to grow there? I remember my dad diligently every day going up. He'd fertilise that thing. Sometimes the backyard would stink so bad because he'd put fertiliser on there that just smelled so terribly. He'd till the ground. He'd turn it over time and time again. And then it, weeds started to grow. So he'd spray the weeds and he'd prepare it and get ready. And then he'd plant stuff. I remember uh, months later walking up there, there was corn like way over my head. You know, there was, there was sweet potatoes that had grown so much that our backyard was in danger of becoming a sweet potato patch entirely because they just spread incredibly. There was pumpkins, there was tomatoes, there was everything. Eva used to come over and, and pick the sweet potato leaves all the time. And it was just crazy. My dad took it from this barren patch of nothing and fertilised it and prepared it. Uh, this this uh, matic gets used a lot because digging and digging and digging into the ground and preparing the soil. You know, this shovel is there for, for digging and preparing. These were the tools that my dad used to prepare soil that went from barren to becoming a fertile piece of ground. Again, unfortunately, it was amazing at growing tomatoes, which is the, like the devil's fruit. There's no doubt about it. But these things just grew and flourished into this ground. My dad being my dad, he decided he was going to move his garden. So he dug it all up and moved it uh, up to the back of our house, which is what dad loves to do. I feel like he just needs work to do. So he makes something happen and moves the garden. But he did the same up there until that garden exploded with growth. Why? Because he knew how to prepare the ground, to prepare the soil and to prepare it for what was going to happen with the harvest. It didn't matter what the ground looked like in the months prior. With the right preparation, it became fertile ground. This week I was thinking through the parable of the sower. And it's an incredible parable. Jesus is teaching. Now, for you and I that don't really care about gardening, Jesus wasn't teaching about gardening. Let's be really clear about that. Jesus wasn't trying to give practical tips to his disciples to grow tomatoes next week. That wasn't what he was trying to do. Jesus was teaching about the kingdom of God and the reality of what happens in our own hearts and lives. He made the statement, he said, a certain sower comes and he sows seeds and when he does, some falls upon a path and the birds immediately pluck it out of the path. He talked about the fact that some fell on the stony ground and they grew up for a moment but had no place to put their roots down so that they then withered and died. He went on and said some were in the thorny ground. They grew up, the thorns gathered round and choked out those seeds, destroyed them and the plants didn't bear fruit, but some fell on the good ground. Again, Jesus wasn't teaching people about the, the values of growing fruit and vegetables these days. Now, 
can I just say, if you're a good vegetable grower, lettuce is probably a good investment for you because right now you could be making a lot of money by growing lettuce or at least saving a lot of money. Jesus wasn't talking about that. He's not talking about the practicalities of planting seeds and growing bushes and, and growing gardens. He wasn't talking about that. He was talking about, again, as we spoke last week, the seeds that become our future. He was talking about as men and women of God, how we grow an incredible fruitful future in our lives. Listen, I want to speak to us today as a church about the reality of making sure we grow incredible future. I want to, for a second, look at this parable, but I want to come from a different angle than what often is as talked about. We often come from the angle of looking at those different soils. I want to look at predominantly the good soil and ask the question, what made the good soil good soil? What is it? about the reality of good soil that grew seeds. What was the reality that this person did to make that good soil become so flourishing? If I look at my father, I see the reality of how he does this. He starts by turning over the soil. Listen, if there's a rock in that soil, the rock comes out of the soil. He removes the stony ground. When weeds grow up in the soil, my dad is like, should have shares in Roundup because he loves poisoning weeds. He loves getting rid of them out of his garden. He'll spray those weeds until he gets it so much on his skin that it burns him. He just will love to get rid of the weeds out of that ground so that when the, the, the fruit, the vegetables begin to grow up, they're not being choked out by the weeds that are in that garden. Listen, if we want to get the real picture that Jesus is painting here, he's saying this, if you want to have a great future, till the soil of your life and build the right soil on the inside of you so that your seeds will grow and will flourish. The Word of God, the seeds of life will grow and flourish on the inside of you and your future is built by what you do in the, in the seed ground of your heart and of your mind and of your life today, your decision-making processes. Lin Chinoy said this, you must predict the future and you must learn to act deliberately to control your destiny. My message today is entitled this, the deliberate future. If you want good soil in your life, you may have to make deliberate decisions to build the seed areas of your life that your life and your future can grow and flourish. Listen, I know this, none of my dad's gardens ever accidentally become great. In fact, when my dad gets busy and he doesn't tend to the garden, it is overgrown with weeds immediately because the, the soil is so fertile. If it's not tended to, that is the reality and the outcome. Long term, no plants and no, no, no vines and no, no vegetables can grow up because the seeds are continually killing them. Listen, no wonderful outcome in life happens accidentally. Little disclaimer. Every now and then you can get lucky. But if you want to have a faith-filled, powerful future, you've got to make the right deliberate decisions in your world, in your life, to build and to shape your future. It's the reality of what Jesus was teaching right here. He's saying, listen, if you want to see a wonderful growth, build a deliberate future by having fertile, wonderful, good soil. In fact, he says in verse 20, but these ones 
uh, sown on good ground are the ones who hear the word, accept it, bear fruit, some 30, 60, some 100 fold. They bear good fruit because they hear the word, they accept it, and it goes into the good soil of our life. How do we do this? Listen, I, I could talk about a lot of things today, but I want to focus on three clear, defined things. And at the end of the service, I want to pray over some of these really powerfully in our world. The number one soil that we have to make sure we're telling in our life, if you're taking notes in your phones, write these things down because it's so important, is the soil of your mind. It's something I speak about a lot because it's so important. In fact, your mind is everything to us. James Borg said this, your past, your present, your future are molded by your thoughts. Remember, your thinking is your life's autobiography. I love that statement. What you're thinking about right now is writing out your life. It's writing out your future. It's writing out where you're going. What you're thinking about right now, what you're dwelling upon, what's happening in your mind. Listen, if you want to prepare a deliberate picture of a good soil into your future, prepare it by developing your thinking and what's going on in your mind because it's writing your story every single day. This is why Paul spends so much time through his letters focusing on what God is doing in our mind and in our thinking. In Philippians chapter 4, he says, Do not be anxious or worried about anything, but in everything, every circumstance, every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, continue to make your specific requests known to God. Listen, Paul lays out two pictures that our mind can go on. He said, Don't be anxious about everything. He says there is a picture that our mind can be going on the plane of anxiety, the plane of worry, the plane that continually outworks in that way. He says, but come into a position where your mind is in a place of prayer and petition before God. There is two planes here that he's talking about. Listen, both of those planes have a trajectory in your life that are entirely the opposite. The trajectory of a of a mindset of worry and anxiety is a mindset and anxiety worry that brings a place of a limited future. If you live in anxiety, if you live in worry, your future will always be constrained by what's going on in your mind. The situations that you face will constrain you. It will lead you to bad habits. When you're worrying all the time, listen, the bad habits of procrastination, the bad habits of living in deception, the bad habits of hiding away from situations, hiding away from people will be the outcome that happens in anxiety and worry. So Paul says, don't let your life live in that plane in your mind. He said, instead, come to a place of prayerful petition before God. Listen, prayerful petition opens our future. I I, I love this. It opens our future because it brings our fears into the light. Have you noticed that? When we're worrying and when we're anxious, we're not talking to any, anybody about anxieties. We're not talking to anybody about our worries and fears. We're not talking to anybody about what's going on. We're keeping them in ourselves. We are dwelling upon them. We are thinking upon them continually. And they are becoming the reality of our future because they're eating us up on the inside. But when we begin to pray, I don't know what it is. It's a powerful thing though. It's a supernatural thing. We begin to speak it out and we suddenly put something into the light. We put our anxiety. We put our worry. We put the situations that we have been hiding within ourselves, we start to put it into the light 
And listen, I know this about me. Whenever I put my worries, my anxieties and fear into the light through conversation with God and through conversation with others, those things always get smaller. In the dark of my heart, in the dark of my mind, they get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. All of a sudden there's weeds, there's stones that's choking up the reality of my future by what I'm facing right now. Sometimes we just get lost in our own head, get lost in our own space. But Paul's saying here, don't live on that plane where you're lost in your own space, your own head. You're keeping your issues to yourself and you're hiding them away in anxiety and worry. He says, lay them out before God, put them in the light and let God expose them for what they really are. Verse seven, and the peace of God. That peace which reassures the heart, that peace which transcends all understanding, that peace which stands guard over your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus is yours. Listen, I have watched people get so lost in the situations that they're facing that they disappear out of church, they disappear out of life group, they disappear out of the out of the the support mechanisms that have been standing with them for a long period of time and they start to go, I'll just deal with this myself. I'll just sort this out myself. Listen, Paul's saying, don't just get in that place of sorting it out yourself. Bring it before God. Allow prayer to wash over it. Allow light to wash over the realities of what you're facing in your everyday life. Listen, I've been lost in my own world, my own fears, my own worries. But on the opposite end of that, I've also prayed about my challenges and I've let peace bring me back to faith and when peace brought me back to faith I started to then rise above the challenges that's what Paul's trying to show us here if our minds are the place we live in we stay in we get caught up in if our minds are the place we go and hide from everybody else in we're just going to bring ourselves down to a place of our future being constrained continually by what we're looking at but when we open it up, faith comes alive. We've got to be deliberate in the reality that we come to God and we put it before Him. We speak faith over it. We speak life over it. And it begins to change what's going on in our minds. Because Paul says in verse 8, Finally, believers, whatever is true, whatever is honourable, worthy of respect, whatever is right and confirmed by God's Word, whatever is pure and wholesome, whatever is lovely and brings peace, whatever is admirable, and of good repute. If there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think continually on these things. Center your mind on them and implant them in your hearts. Listen, when we do this, the seed of our minds, the seed of our future begins to flourish and grow when we're thinking on whatever is good. I don't know about you, but I'm talking for myself. When my mind is trapped in every disappointment that I face, I feel like there is no future. But when I take Paul's words right here and I start to think on the miracles of yesterday, 
I start to think on the miracles that I've read about in the Word of God. I start to think on the miracles that I've seen around me. I start to think on the miracles that friends have shared with me. I start to think on the miracles that I hear from my Father. I start to think on the miracles that have been here in this house. I start to think of what God has done in other people's lives. When I start to think about that, faith begins to stir up in my life. When I get past my own situations and I start to think about what's right. Listen, Paul is speaking to our lives and none of us in this room are exempt from the truth that He has here right now. He says, listen, if your future is feeling so worry-filled and so disappointed because of what's going on right now, let your thinking go to something bigger. If you're wondering what your mind should dwell on, listen, it shouldn't be your past failures except to learn a lesson and to move on from them. It shouldn't be about the difficulties of the past except... Holy Spirit, what did you show me there? Now I'm moving on from that. Our minds are there to dwell on what God is leading us to and allowing our conversation that goes on in our mind to get right. Anyone in this room, I'll keep a hand down. Anyone in this room, internal audit, ever have bad conversation in your mind? Bad self-talk. Bad conversation around other people. Anyone ever have those? Anyone ever have bad conversation in our minds about what other people think about us? I bet you that person doesn't like me. I walked into church and they didn't say hello to me directly. They looked at me sideways. I don't think they care about me anymore. Now they don't like me and I don't like that person anyway in the first place. And, and I, when I see them next week, I'm going to completely ignore them as well because they ignored me. Anyone ever have a conversation? Again, internal audit right now. We have those wrong conversations that go on in our minds, those wrong conversations that go on there, listen, they're laying the platform for your future. Our, our self-talk, our, our mind talk between you and yourself and God are so important. Joel Osteen said this, with our words, we can either bless our futures or we can curse our futures. With our words, we can bless our futures or we can curse our futures. I've seen people with their conversation with things like this, I can't do this. It's too hard. I always fail. I'm just going backwards with my choices and decisions. This situation is just impossible. Or bigger than all of that, I am a failure. Listen, fear and shame lives in those words. Fear and shame lives in every one of those conversations in your mind and in your heart. It's bringing ourselves back to the right conversations. God, you and I together, we got this. God, you and I together, our future's assured. God, your grace is sufficient for my today. Your grace is sufficient for my tomorrow. God, your grace is sufficient for my challenge. Your grace is sufficient for my difficulty. Your grace is sufficient. God, you and I together. Isaiah 26.3. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Listen, perfect peace in our mind is the good soil of our thinking. It's the soil that God wants to grow our future in. The good soil is the perfect peace of God that's here in our minds. Practically, how do we do this? Let me give you like a one minute practical on this. Sometimes you need a safe place for conversations. 
Sometimes that's friendships that are there, godly friendships that can give you good advice. Sometimes that is going and seeing a godly wise counsellor or psychologist or somebody that can walk you through the battle of the mind that's overwhelming you. Sometimes we need outside conversation into that. And I want to, again, disclaimer here moment. Sometimes you need to stop and go and see somebody. Other things we need to do is feed your mind the right things. I talk on this a lot because it's so important. What you're reading, what you're listening to, what you're watching. Listen, I know when I'm not doing great, I don't want to listen to the things that I need to listen to. Anyone ever felt like that? I should put on preaching right now, but if I listen to it, I'm going to feel convicted and I don't want that today. I want to be within my mess of my own mind. I want to sit in my room and watch Netflix all day. So at the end of the day, I feel terrible and I'm happy to be terrible because I'm just caught in my own mess right now. I don't want to change. Don't amen that if that's you. It's the moments that we stop. What am I really listening to? What am I reading? What am I opening myself to right now? What am I feeding my mind with right now? What am I watching right now? We need to be careful of our confession life. We need to speak out the right things in our life. That is internal and that is external. That starts with our self-conversation. Sometimes you need to pull yourself up like King David did and said, why is so downcast, O my soul? Put your hope back in God. Why is my soul talking wrong to me? Come on, soul, time to talk right again. But it's also external. What are you confessing over your life when you're talking about yourself and talking about your circumstances and talking about your situations? Again, having conversations with safe environments is important. Be careful what we're confessing continually over our lives. The spiritual disciplines are essential for transforming the mind. Prayer, worship are essential, essential for the transforming of the mind. Listen, we came into this room and we engaged in worship. And I am grateful that we have Debs and Elijahs that can lead us into worship. Thank you, Jesus, for that. The Chi-Chi's that can sing there and sound like my voice is good because I can hear theirs over mine and I feel good about myself for a minute. Praise God for that. But listen, six days a week, you don't have that. Worship's still just as essential those other six days. And in fact, if you don't do them those other six days, you'll come into here like you're thirsty walking through a desert needing a drink of water on your tongue when you come in here Sunday morning be like I just need a drink because you haven't been worshipping all week and your mind is going out of control and you're building your way through that making sure that you bring yourself to a place of worship I've been listening to a really cool song it's called Wait On You from Elevation Church in Maverick City if you know that song it is powerful powerful song listen if you want a song to just play worship around your life play that one a little bit maybe stick that one on repeat Uh, there's another song called I Speak Jesus that is a powerhouse song the word of God meditating upon the word day and night is what the Bible tells us to do this is how we make sure that we build the right seedbed in our minds for our future listen another way to do this a second way and hopefully I get through all three looking at time we may not But second one is in the picture of stewardship. Over this season, we've talked a little bit about money. We've talked a little bit about finances. We've talked a little bit about this aspect of our life. And I want to again talk about it again because a deliberate future, one aspect of it is being deliberate in stewardship. Being stewardship, uh, being deliberate through what God has placed in your hands. Deuteronomy 8.18 says, Remember, it's the Lord who gives you power 
to get wealth. Everything you have has been placed in your care by God. And you and I are stewards of your finance, of your vehicles, of your houses, of your possessions. You are, and I are stewards. When we feel like we're entire owners of them and not God's, then danger happens as an understanding steward. God, everything is yours. I steward it Why I have it in my possession today. Then it enables us to be good stewards of those things. We need to be deliberate in stewardship of what we have. Now, I want to say something I've said a number of times. I'm not a financial expert. I am grateful that I have a God that has blessed me and has stewarded me through these areas of my life. But let me give you a couple of thoughts on how we build some of these things and some of these areas of our life by adding some of us, if we're really struggling financially, need to go and see an expert. There are some godly accountants that we can chat to as well that can help us make really good financial decisions. If you are struggling financially, make sure you go and see somebody that can help you build your way through that. Now, I read a passage of Scripture from Proverbs 28 and, and it really spoke to this moment. Uh, verse 20 to 22. He says, The trustworthy person will get a rich reward, but a person who wants, to quick, uh, who wants quick riches will get into trouble. Showing partiality is never good, yet some will do wrong for a mere piece of bread. Greedy people try to get rich quick, but don't realise they're headed for poverty. You know, I was talking to someone a little while ago and they were telling me about uh, a friend of theirs that was in prison uh, because of their get-rich-quick scheme that revolved predominantly around stealing people's uh, identities and racking up credit card bills on other people's credit cards. And the person was telling me the story. And they'll, and they'll go, this person was living at large. They had everything. They were doing so good. And they've got a big smile on their face. And they're telling me this story. And, and they're like, they did this. They had all these cars. They had this big house. They had this. They had this. But now they're in prison. I'm like, why are you smiling while you're telling me that story? They may have been living large. Now they're living painful because their future is wrapped up in the seedbed of their life. Their understanding of stewardship was broken and the outcome is a huge mess in their future. Their outcome is many, many years of incarceration, many, many years of pain, many, many years of difficulty, many, many years of challenge because the writer of Proverbs lays out the reality. Listen, if we try and gain wealth with the wrong way of thinking, without wisdom, without letting God breathe over our stewardship of our lives, we'll always end up in a mess. Let me speak to young men and women in the room. Understand this, stewardship of your future now happens by the decisions financially that you make. If it's questionable, keep away from it. God doesn't want us to be living in the questionable outworking of our lives. Let me give you a couple of Tim's stewardship tips. And again, I'm no expert, but tips that are important for our life. Number one, if you want to build stewardship and build your financial situation and build the things that you have in your life, Use self-control. Learn to say no to impulses. Listen, that is one of the biggest challenges for so many people. Learn to do, delay gratification. Because my next tip is to prioritise situations 
in your stewardship and in your finance. Listen, don't just say no to everything. Be deliberate in what you say no to. Listen, I have a really lovely, nice boat. But let me say this, there are some incredible boats in the world today. And some of those boats, when I drive past them on the highway, they go past the other way. I look at and I think, I want that boat. I can see Will smiling over here because I know he thinks exactly the same as I do. We want every one of those beautiful, awesome, massive, big boats. But sometimes you just got to say, no, that's a really bad decision right now. I have vast priorities. Getting my kids through education is a bigger priority to me right now than that beautiful big boat. Getting my mortgage paid off is a better priority than that beautiful big boat. Listen, our self-control is wrapped up in the priorities that we have. Get the right priorities in your financial world. And if you're not sure how to do that, again, maybe you need to see a professional that can help you think that through. Thirdly, manage what you have. You know, some of us want more. And this is what the writer of Proverbs is saying. Listen, don't just live up here. Manage what you have today. Because the Bible says this, if you're a good steward in what you have, God will give you more. We've got to manage what's there before us. You know, I know people that can make $100 a week and at the end of the week have $0 left. The same person could make $1,000 a week and does and at the end of the week has the same zero and not at the end of anything, at the beginning. It doesn't matter how much they make, the management of what they have is exactly the same. You have to realise that management, whether we get a lot or a little, is a principle that has to be built in our lives. Otherwise, we won't manage what we actually do have. We need to understand that that's really important. Again, Proverbs 21 verse 20 says, A wise man saves for the future. The foolish man spends whatever he gets. A part of that management is the ability to save. And you've got to be deliberate to save. If you don't believe me, you just let your finances go. And I guarantee you'll have lots of zeros in your account. Just nothing at all in front of it. Next, you need to take responsibility for your finances. Whether big or small, you need to take responsibilities for those aspects of your world. Let me add to that. You need to take responsibility for your bad financial decisions. Here's a challenge. If we don't take responsibility for our bad financial decisions, we never change. Take responsibility. And if this is to you today, I'm not pointing you out and trying to make you feel bad. If you've had bad financial management and you're in a bad financial place, take responsibility of that. Change. God, help me change. Read something that helps you change. Speak to people that can help you change. Change. Change is tough. Change is painful. But change is essential to be good stewards of what God's called us to do. Continue to be faithful in the little things. Set goals. I spoke about this a couple of months ago. Set goals in our lives. Listen, goals can be big or goals can be small. Your goal can be to have $1 left in your account at the end of the week. If that's your goal, that's better than zero. That's a great start. That's a goal. Your goals, let them grow. Let them enlarge. Because long term, you want to come to a place with your stewardship to look at risks so that God can bless you to continue to grow. Look at risks 
research for some of us here, buying a house could be a big risk. But if you look at that, you allow God to breathe into that. You be a great manager of what you have and you let somebody speak into that area of your life. That could become such a great blessing into your future. Could be buying a house. It could be investing, looking at those things and research well. Let me give a little side note. Facebook and TikTok aren't good research. Just want to say that. If you want good financial management, the things that you just looked up in those things and you heard somebody say, listen, I did this, that's not good financial management research. Go and get a professional to speak into that area of your world or read something that has many, many people that tell you that's a really good thing to read. I don't think I'll get to number three. I think we're out of time this morning, just about, because I want to pray over a few things in our world, if we can do that this morning. Listen, we have had such an incredible last bunch of days here praying and, and believing and standing together in faith. It's been, it's been huge to that. And, and listen, out of that, we've seen God just doing such great things in people's lives and in people's world. Uh, next week, I'll give you number three. And then when I give you number three, next week we're also going to talk about how to pray over this. I'm going to get a few of the men and women of faith in the house to actually speak into this, not just myself. Uh, some of the mums and dads of the house that have prayed over uh, every area of their seed and built that over time. And uh, listen, don't miss next Sunday morning. Next Sunday morning is going to be powerful as we learn just how to pray. And bring a notepad next Sunday morning because I feel like there's going to be some tips that come out of next Sunday morning that are really essential for our lives and for our families. And we're actually going to pray again in the house of God. But let me speak quickly and pray over these areas of our world right here, right now. We're speaking here about our minds, about building that area of our mind, building that area of our thinking, building that area of our believing, that we can see and understand the right aspects of our world. We're speaking about being stewards through areas of our life. Now, listen, I don't want to come to any of those things with a finger point of, of you're a mess. Listen, I speak to every one of those things because I know where God wants to take us to. And this series is about future, about where we're leading to, where we're going. Listen, I know where you are today, but the decisions we make from this point are what builds continually into our future. Come on, let's pray. Holy Spirit of God. I know this message will keep speaking to you as you continue your day. So for more information about City Point West, jump on citypointchurch.com or follow our social media accounts, Instagram, City Point West, or our Facebook, City Point Church West. Have a great day.